0: Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. This past Wednesday, we fed our community. We we got meals prepared and we just went outside and we just gave people food and just blessed them. People were asking, they were like, here's $10. No, 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 no. I, I had to argue with the lady. I literally said, you better put your money away before we have some problems, okay? Because we wanna be a, a blessing. We gave over 150 meals out to our community. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Listen, we ain't playing games this year. We want to be a blessing to our community, and it just starts um, there. I think we're going to have another one probably next month. Listen, we just want to bless, 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 bless. If you're not a blessing church, you're a taking church. We want to be a blessing church. Amen? Amen? Awesome, awesome. We started a new series last week called um, God in 3D. And um, we talked about how we can really operate in the fullness of God or see God in a full way. Sometimes we just see parts of him and we take those parts that fit our agenda or we take those parts of God that fits our narrative. But there's more to God that that it might not please you in a season, but it's better for you in a season. So if we see him in a good and tangible and way we can understand him and know what he's doing in our life and also know what he's doing around us as well because as we talked about last week last month we all have influence but if we don't use that influence in a good godly way you know it's not going to be productive but if we see God in 3d in a different dimension more than just a person on a piece of paper just more of a person of how your parents raised you no when you see Jesus in a a Real tangible way, these doubts that we have, these situations we have, they will come, but we see it a little different because we see Him differently. The fullness of God. You go to a 3D movie and they give you one of these, these are a little old school, now they have plastic. You remember these though, right? Um, you put these on and then you just look all crooked eye. You know what I'm talking about? Um, they, but these are meant to get on it, for you to view the screen and for the screen to pop out at you. The screen to pop out on you. See, that's what we want this series to be. We want us to look at the words in our Bible for it to pop out so we can live a life to the fullest, to the abundance, as God calls us to do. It is God in 3D, And we've been talking about different traits and different character traits of God's personality, of God's character that we can look at through the Bible and how he used these different character um, traits to, to benefit people's lives and also to show them the test in their life as well. Because sometimes God uses his character not only to bless us, but to test us and not only to bless us, but for us to correct us as well. We like to be blessed, but we don't like to be corrected. But sometimes God's character comes out and it's out of out of a, a place of correction, but then it turns into a place of blessing. But if we don't understand that, we going to see the things that are, are bad in our life as these as these horrible things. And who are the first ones do we blame? We blame God. Let me say, God, why? But I'm here to tell you, why don't you look at it in a different perspective? Maybe God, you maybe you're in a season. That God wants to bless you, but the blessing looks a little different. Today, we're gonna talk about two character traits that God shows us in His Word. And it's not gonna be pleasing, but at the end, I promise I'll get you to the the good stuff, all right? But let's get through the mud real fast before we get to the blessing. Because today, the first character trait we're gonna talk about is the God of the pause. The God of the pause. I was watching. Um, I was watching on on TikTok or something like that. That people were taking Roku remotes, all right, and they were going to outside of people's house and turning off their, their Roku from the thing, and they're pausing all their shows. What was it on the Super Bowl? Everybody watched the Super Bowl, all right. There was this one commercial. I think it was Truby Truby or something like that. Something out of nowhere, your screen stops. And, and it's paused, and it goes to, like, you're going on the rookie channel, and they said people were losing their minds because their TV was paused. What happens to our lives when God says stop? What happens to our lives when God, what happens to our character, what happens to our abilities when God says Pause. Because we see in time and time again, God uses pause seasons in people's lives throughout the Bible. And it it wasn't a good thing at times. But at the end of it, we see what God was doing. Because there's going to be seasons in your life where you're looking at God and like, God, what are are you doing? Have anybody been there before? Is, Is everybody too holy in this season? I'm not. I literally mean this, Mean God has conversations like this. We're like, God, I, I know that you called me to live in the abundance. I know that you called me a child of God. I know that you're a good, good father. But right now, now you're being a bad, bad host here, okay? Because the reality is the pauses in life aren't curses. They're for us to direct us in the ways of the Lord and not in the ways of you. Because the reality is we don't like pauses in life because we're not in control. And in a culture where we're constantly moving, constantly striving, constantly grinding, constantly going for the next thing and the next thing because we're constantly have to move. Because in reality, you think movement is progression, but sometimes movement is not. You can be moving and doing nothing at the same time. And sometimes God has to say, hey, hold up, honey. Hold up, wait a minute. Put a little Jesus in it. That's the worst. That's like Pastor 101 never do, okay? that's my, You know about that right there. That's my old pastor, Pastor Woozy, right there coming out of me. But the reality is this. The pause is important in our life. The pause seasons direct us. The pause season stops us. The pause season encourages us, it grows us, and it tests us. Psalms chapter 46, verse 10 says, he says, be still and know that I am God. And I will exalt you among among the nations and I will exalt you in the earth. The only way to be exalted is through a stop. The only way to be exhausted, 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 exalted is through a pause. God says, put on the brakes. But God, I have so much on the inside. God, you have made me fearfully and wonderfully man. He says, yes, I never changed that, but chilleth outeth. Because sometimes we want to be so productive in the eyes of people. That's the problem. We want to put our best foot forward. I'm not saying to, but who are you doing it for? We can strive for a career, but are you trying to get approval of men or approval of God? And sometimes God takes the rug underneath us and says, chill, wait. I'm glad that we sang that song today, Wait on the Lord. That wasn't planned. Good job, Bree. You got your job for another week. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Because the wait, the pause, is not something we pray for. I don't know about you. I don't get in my prayer closet and say, God, today I just want to be paused. I just want to wait. We say wait on the Lord because that's a song. But do we really want to wait? Psalms chapter 27, verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait on the Lord. Every time something is repeated in the Bible, in the same verse, it's really telling you, as as we put an exclamation point, God is saying, hey, I'm saying this again to get your attention. He says, wait. I'm gonna discuss a story in the Bible of a pause that Jesus, if you look at it, it seemed that Jesus failed in this season with a miracle. He he missed the mark to make a great miracle happen. For the eyes of the people that were part of this, Jesus failed. And I know that's not doctrinal, you know, like theologically correct, but I'm just telling you the real real, uh, feelings these people had at this moment. Jesus had a friend named Lazarus there were boys i mean you know you grow up with your friends you know you have the little handshakes you know like that you know you look at each other you know you know what's going on with it this is was lazarus and jesus and he had and lazarus has um sisters too. his name was Mar- uh, martha and mary and they were all very close grew up with each other and this story to the eyes of mary and martha It looked like Jesus wasn't exceeding their expectations and what they thought Jesus needed to do. What happens when Jesus doesn't exceed your expectations or what you think he needs to do? It's too real, though. Joey, this is... You should have came last week. You know, this is a good one last week. But what happens? Because Martha and Mary are like, hey... This is Jesus, our, our friend. And at the worst time that we need him, he doesn't show up. He says, wait. What happens when God doesn't do what we expect him to do? And on top of that, he says, wait. We expect the healing. We expect the debt to be paid. We expect the child to come back to the Lord, et cetera, et cetera. But what happens when he doesn't do it right away and we have to wait for it. That's the tough part. That's the tough pill to swallow. Because we serve a God that wants us to live in the abundance. But what if the abundance involves a lot of waiting seasons? A lot of wait, But Jesus used a pause in an inconvenient time to show that God was still in control. What happens when a pause? And usually pauses come in the worst times. The most inconvenient times. I'll be ready for a pause when I, when I know it's coming. But what if when everything's going great, and then God says, Whoa! wait. What happens when he shows up inconvenienced? Your John chapter eleven verse one and five. Let's read here. We're gonna go through the story of Lazarus. So it's gonna be a little bit of reading, but I need you to stay with me, stay uh, stay connected, and we're gonna go get through with this. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, in the village of Mary and and her sister Martha. And so the so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus when he heard this, Jesus said. This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus uh, now Jesus loved uh, Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard of this, that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two days. Let me stop right there. The one that you love, Jesus, your homeboy, the one we grew up with, we've been through the streets together. We went through college together. The one that you love is sick. And then Jesus gives them a very encouraging word. He ain't gonna die. You just gotta wait. While he's still sick. On top of that, He puts a little fuel to the fire. He's like, I'll see you in two days. See, sometimes I mean, me and and Jesus, we, we don't we don't connect like that. Because I'm like two days. A lot can happen in two days. Why can't you come? Jesus, why can't you just pray for him right here and heal him? Why can't we just send a prayer cloth and it touches his head and he's healed? Because that's not what God wanted to do. See, is it your will or is it his? Is it your plans or is it his? Because the reality is we can manufacture the presence of God, but it's never going to last forever. That's why we've seen revivals happen. Oh, we, we all can, We can make it happen. We can, we can make you feel good. But when God is in the middle, then miracles happen. And Jesus knew that the two-day wait was going to be beneficial for Martha and Mary. But Martha and Mary, in the middle of it, they're like, Jesus hates us. He has left us to die. He has left us to abandon. Have you been there before? Are we not going to be real today? Because there's some days I'm like, God, I don't, don't think you like me. Maybe I messed up because the things I'm dealing with, like I believe in you, but the weight is worth it. See, we read the Bible at times and we look at these people and we're like, dummy, you should have just waited on him. But they were living these things. <laughs> we're reading it. They were living it, but don't we do it every day? Two days, his homeboy, God, you can send a word and be healed. But we got to be reminded in seasons of pause that God is still in control. And the outcome might not be what we think it is. But at the end of the day, God has a time period to your blessing. Here's some things that we see in this story about the pause season that we need to learn. Number one, uh, well, uh, a little point is this, there is a risk in the pause. Because if you read the story here, the disciples have an uh, an argument with Jesus. Because in the city of Judea, this is when Jesus was already popping off. I mean, people were already mad at him at this point. They're ready to crucify him, be gone with this guy. So in the city of Judea, um, they were already looking out for him. They were saying, in the moment he passes in this city, um, in this city walls, guess what? We're going to take him. We're going we're gonna to do some things to him because the, the word of Jesus was going around. Do you understand people didn't like Jesus? Like he was doing things that were blowing their minds. They didn't understand it. So when, pe- when you don't understand, doesn't mean that he, you don't, it's not good. See, they didn't understand it. So automatically they're like, well, he's bad. So here the disciples have a conversation with, with Jesus. In John chapter 11, verse seven, uh, seven and 10, it says, and then he said to disciples, let us go to Judea. He knew the reaction he was gonna get with these people. But rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, and there was 12 hours in the, in, in the daylight. Anyone who walks in the, day, in, the day, in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is, it is when a person walks in the night that stumbles, that has no light. So basically he was saying, hey, let's just walk in the day. Like, they're just freaking out. And he's like, he just gave him a simple answer. Hey, let's just go in the morning. Let's just go in the morning. But there was a risk for Jesus entering into the city. And what was the risk? He was going to be stoned. Do you understand that in the pause season, there are risks you have to take to cross the bridge to the blessing that you want? The question is, what are you willing to risk to enter into the blessing. What are you willing to risk to enter into the blessing? See, the disciples in the Paul season were living in fear while Jesus was living in obedience. He was living in obedience saying, hey, we need to go through. We need to. Uh, we need to face the risk. Because when we face the risk, there's going to be a blessing on the other side or a healing on the other side. Some people can't move in the the kingdom of God because they're not willing to risk some things in their life. There might be a friendship you have to risk to move forward. There might be a job you might have to risk to move forward. There's always a risk. But do you understand that there's a blessing on the other side of it? And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that they had to go through the city and risk it all for him to live in the healing that that he needed. See, the, uh, the they were operating in fear. The disciples were operating in fear. What if you need to risk your fear? Because fear we don't like, but deep down inside, we're like, I don't want to move forward. I don't want to do, I don't want to take that that extra step. We have to risk something. We have to give up some things for us to live in the fullness of God. You know that there is risk, but there's reward at the end of it. What's another thing we see here? He said, don't lose your why in the middle of the pause. See, Jesus here now tells his disciples, hey, we got to risk it. Lazarus needs us. But the disciples started thinking of all the bad things that were going to happen. They forgot why they were going. Have we been there before? You can think of every scenario that's going to happen. You know those people. Like say, hey, let's go this way. They can tell you everything that's going to go bad, but they can't tell you one thing that might go good. They're like, you're going to go. We're going to do this. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. But what if it turns out good? What What if the thing that you're so scared of is going to turn out good, but you have to just... Get out of their fear. Get out of your comfort. Risk it all. Didn't he risk it all for us? But Jesus had to redirect why they were doing this. Because I can do something if you tell me why. I could probably sacrifice a little bit if you could tell me why. So Jesus now is having the conversation of the why and in verse 11. And after this is so funny. I love this verse. And after he said this, he went to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. They didn't know this man fell asleep. All they knew is he was sick. Now Jesus is like, he's sleeping. And the disciples are, you gotta, can't blame the disciples. Jesus sometimes did these little riddles and they're like, What? What are you talking about? And the disciples replied, Lord, if Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought that he was naturally sleeping. One of you. Jesus, why can't you just tell me that he's dead? Why are you telling him all this sleep stuff? Right. But Jesus works like that sometimes. He didn't get to tell you all the full truth because you have to have faith in the middle of that. So then he told them plainly, bro, Lazarus is dead. Read the Bible. This is funny stuff. Like, like first is like, "Okay, he's sick. And they're like, okay, we're, we're going to the city. We might get stoned. What the heck is going on? And then Jesus is like, hey, he's sleeping. He's snoring. And the guys are like, he's sleeping. He's snoring. And then Jesus is like, wait, wait. Um, you know, you don't understand me? He's like, then Jesus is like, wait, ugh, dummies. My man's dead, all right? It said Jesus said it. This is like the most like, it said, he said it plainly. Basically say, hey, he's dead. And for your sake. I am glad I was not there. And so that you may believe, but let us go to him. It was for your sake that he died and I wasn't there. This is the biggest riddle for these disciples. They're all over the place. Their emotions are at 10,000. To the point where you see Thomas. I love this verse. Thomas is full of emotions. They call him doubting Thomas, right? Thomas, Thomas says this. Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may die with him. If we're going to die anyways, let's just go to Lazarus and die together. This is a show. But in the middle of all this, God wanted to show them that the wait is worth it. Jesus got them back on track. It's a funny conversation that he had with them, but this is us every other day. But well, God, I, I want to go do, do this, and God, I want to do this, but, but God, you want me to do this? And what am I going to do? We're all over it. And Sometimes God needs to be like, dummy, let's do this. Let's get back on track. Let's remember your why. The why. Why do we come to church? It's because we're going to glorify God. Why do we give? Because we want to be a generous people. Why do we do this? Why, why, why? Sometimes God needs to be like, it's because of this. And God had to to remind the disciples why they were moving in this direction. And that was to go see Lazarus. It was a pause. You can lose your purpose in the pause because your feelings get in the way. Through his actions, Jesus demonstrated that this delay was not denial. See, sometimes we think delay is denial. He's not denying you. He's just saying not yet. Or he's saying, hey, it's not for you. Stop looking at every no as a denial and same, sometimes look at the no as a blessing. Because what if God sometimes wanted to give you the desires of your heart? Some of us would be jacked up. See, because the Bible says he would give us the desires of heart, but our desires have to be aligned to his will. We have a generation that thinks the desires of their heart Is God's will and it's not. No, God's will is sacrifice. God's will is denying yourself. God's will is picking up your cross daily and following him. That's his will. And sometimes comfort is not a part of that. Sometimes a pause is a part of that. Sometimes these things that we dream of is not a part of that. But are you still wanting to serve him? It's in the pause season. I don't know about you, that last part with Thomas cracks me up. Another thing we see here is this. In the pause, it will bring out questions. You know, God is not scared of your questions. We're scared to give his answers. Yeah, that's true. John chapter 11, verse 17 says, On his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus, has already been um, been in the tomb for four days. What happened to two? My man showed up two days late than what he was going to do. He said, I'm just going to. You think two, I'm going to give you four. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Stop right there. Jesus, you were two miles away and it took you four days. I love the d- details that the Bible gives us. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them for the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. And, the, and Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha answered, I know he will rise in the resurrection in the last days. And Jesus said to her, I am. Wow. Yes. 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 Next week, next month, I'm, giving you a sermon. I'm going to give you a, a plot twist. Next month, we're, we're, our series is called I Am. We're going to talk about the seven I Am sayings of God. That's just a plot twist. But Martha was kind of giving an excuse here. God, why are you not there? And he said, hey, guess what? I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Then he asked the question, do you believe? See, Martha and you eventually marry comes and asks the question we always ask God. Why? I asked that question multiple times when my dad was passing away, or when he passed away. He was a servant of you, God. Why? He gave his life for you. Why? But I had to understand that his healing wasn't on this earth. God wanted his healing to be in heaven. But we asked Why? And God's not with a lightning bolt in heaven you say, what? Say, say why. I, I dare you to say why. You know what I'm talking about? That's what we think sometimes. But well, that's how we train people, that God hates you so much that you mess up. I'm coming. He ain't Zeus, all right? Stop watching Hercules, all right? But he's a good, good father. But we make him as a bad person. God didn't condemn Martha and Mary for their question. He just gave them the right answer. And sometimes the right answer is a tough answer. But it's the right answer. God, I needed you. Where are you? You You asked that question before? We all have questions, but at times, God doesn't reveal us the full answer. He reveals it later on. And at times it takes time, but in the midst of that time period, he t- calls us to grow. Because God can give us the answer, but will we really want to like the process of the answer? Because sometimes we want the answer, but if we really knew what it take to get to that process, we would quit in the middle of it. But God says, "I need to. I need to take you through this. I don't need you to know. I just need you to walk. I don't need you to. to I don't need you to, to to stop here. I need you to move forward. God, but it hurts. But I need you to move forward. I know the end to this. I need you to move forward. And if he re- in that struggle, if you really knew, you would have quit already. So what God says, I ain't going to tell you. You just gotta go. You just gotta walk." You just gotta trust. Questions doesn't the questions don't scare Jesus, but your doubt hurts him. He does. He does. He's not scared of your question, but when you doubt him, he's like, "Come on, man, I died on the cross for you." Like, come on, don't doubt. Have faith. Jeremiah thirty three. And three says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You can ask the question, but maybe the answer is not going to come right away. But you still can ask. We see these areas that affect our pause season. So we don't need to stop and quit in temporary seasons because God has a long-term blessing for you. See, at times, we we quit in, in a season that is meant to be temporary. God has the end to this struggle that you're going through. You got to just walk it through. There's an end to this. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but your eyes need to be focused on him. I love how Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, the vision Message is a witness pointing to what is coming. It aches for the coming. It is hardly wait. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in the coming, wait. It is on the way. It will come at the right time. Sometimes there's this the struggle, God, why? But do not stop in the wait. Do not stop in the pause. Because at the right time, we're gonna see the blessing. And here's the second thing we see at a God's character create, uh, character trait. He's the God of the pause, but be ready because he's the God of the go. Because when God says go. You better be ready. Because we grow in the wait. But when God wants to start blessing or God wants you to go and move, honey, you better put your boots on, steal two boots, because we going. When God says go, it is go time. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse, verse 8. Judex, get up here. Wait. With the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. That means his timing is not your timing. That means his way is not your way. But when he says it's go time, you better be ready because it's go time. He is not in a rush. He is never late. His perfect timing, he's never early. He's never late. God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. Jesus first refused to grant their request, and then he fulfilled it by showing that he does not do things according to timings, but of men, but timings of God. Do you understand? Nothing can separate you when God says go. For Lazarus, not even death could. John chapter eleven, verse thirty-eight and thirty-four. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, uh, uh, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. Stop letting people identify your dreams and ambitions as dead when God's already called the resurrected. A couple verses ago, God said, I am the way, I am the resurrection. He he, he would not, he would not live. But now even Martha is to be identified by the death. No, 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 no. Remember what he said. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of the Lord? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up to the father, father. I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this from the benefit of the people that are standing here, that they may believe that you have said me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen. And cloths on his face. And he said to them, Take off the grave clothes, let him go. (laughs) I'm calling some things in your life right now. Take off the grave clothes. That God has called you and let it go. He is the resurrection. He is the life. When God says to wait, we have faith to go. But when God says to go, there's no death. There's no enemy. There's no hell. There's no demon that can hold back his go in your life.